Thank you for that, Josh. It was amazing. <laughs> it was. It was horrible. <laughs> but it but it's it's that perfect kind of horrible. Hey, it's the PC Per Podcast. We've returned for episode 665. This is being recorded on February 23, 2022. I'm Sebastian Peake. Oh, there's my mute button, Jeremy Holstrom. <laughs> I'm Josh Walrus. I'm going to be slightly more contrasty, saturated Brett tonight. Okay. People who listen to the mm. podcast uh, don't have any idea what Brett's talking about. Nope. But yeah, his color looks Or what you week. look like. Or I what look you normal. look like right now. I look completely normal this week. Eh. Sign up to find out when we go live for events like this podcast recording session by going to pcper.com slash subscribe. You can go to patreon.com and support us. Patreon.com slash pcper. Become a patron of the PC Per Arts. And this week in Patreon, Brett, do we have an update? You know, we do. And I went and looked and I decided to celebrate our oldest Patreon member, our okay. oldest patron. The oldest member. Which was oldest member. Well, the one who's still with us, who's actually been contributing for a very, very long time. And that, I didn't want to use their first and last name because maybe they didn't want it read out loud, but it's Andrew A. You might know who you are. Joined January of 2016 and have been a member ever since. Wow. Yeah. 2016. I didn't even know mm -hmm. Patreon existed then. Well, apparently it did. Hmm. Ryan, Ryan always jumped on the new technologies. Let's move to our most important segment of the week. Josh? No. And now, yes, it is it is time for Burger of the Week, but it's not Burger of the Week. No Burger Week. What was the hashtag that I... Not <laughs> a burger. Not going to have it. No. No, today was the... Uh, oh, gosh. I need to look up the name. Oh, there it is. The Wicked Chili Wiener. <laughs> yes. You read that right. The Chili Wiener. This is a hot dog. Job? It is an all-beef hot dog that is locally sourced. And it's a pretty thick, long... Girthy? Wiener. Uh, uh, and you put it in your tasty. mouth, did you? Well, after using a knife on it, sure, because this is definitely one that you can't pick up. It's just too messy. Mm. And this is going into areas where we never expected. You thought that you needed an edited point earlier. Well, <laughs> and plus they're out of fried pickles. I mean, oh, the humanity. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, red chili, mac and cheese. And caramelized onions all on top of this 100% beef wiener in a bun. And you had to use a knife and fork because it was damn, damn messy. And you could argue it got messier after the knife and fork, but not really because you clean these things up with your mouth. Anyway. It was quite tasty, and it was a nice step away from the burger. And do you actually have... Did I post the picture of it? New? Oh, oh, no, man, how did I forget it? Oh, well, let, hang on. I distracted yeah. you with pickles. We'll, we'll with the magic of internet. Yeah. So now we finally have the photo. Yes, the fries are good. Under that, you can just see the tip. Just the tip <laughs> of the wiener. Sticking out of the mac and cheese and the red chili. And it's a, you know, it's a, it was a robust red chili. I mean, it wasn't hot. I kind of wished I had some hot sauce in my office that I could do this. But, you know, this was a messy hot dog. 
and it was tasty and it, it hit all the right notes and the fries were good too. So, you know, this was a positive Wednesday. I'm still confused by the mac and cheese. I'm not saying good or bad. Flavor and texture. Yeah. Yeah. Something different. I mean, they, they have a burger there that is a burger and then they have this mac and cheese patty that, you know, they make mac and cheese and they somehow compress and then they it, fry it up. solid form and they fry it and they put it on top of there. And so this is just kind of like that. Except, I had that once, you know, it, it neither added nor detracted from the burger. It was just sort yeah, of, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, mac and cheese is not my favorite. If I was a mac and cheese enthusiast, I'd, I'd be much more excited about this, but as it is, you know, I, I, I will take it or leave it with mac and cheese, but, it was a, you know, it was, it was a decided positive to the entire experience. You can always have that, you know, doomed third party candidate. And it can be, you know, uh, in this case, it used to be Matrox. But now Matrox just sells a now it's Intel? GPUs. Now it's Intel, exactly. Yes. So let's, let's look at some of the many Intel stories that have come out since last week. There's a, a roadmap. We will finally see Intel's Arc Hybrid Integrated Discrete Graphics arrive this year, writes uh, Jeremy Hallstrom at PCPro.com. The integrated full metal alchemist design, I see what you did there, will be unique according to the roadmap supplied. So, okay, no no chiplets yet, right? It's going to be monolithic at first. That's when it levels up to become, go from an alchemist to a battle mage. I see. (laughs) And then a celestial, (laughs) and I don't know where they're going to go from there. Here's the Ars Technica story. So the desktop GPUs, I assume that means DG2 coming in Q2. Yeah. But don't mm-hmm. expect them to end the GPU shortage. They're supposed to make a lot of these, though. A whole. Four They're supposed million. to do like 7 million over the next, well, throughout yes. 2022 with, with uh, you know, discrete. And that's, you know, worldwide, when you're talking about millions and millions of users, that's not much, but when suddenly you have a drop of at least four million C GPUs in Q2, that is that's going to change the marketplace fairly significantly. Maybe not, you know, it, it's not going to turn it over. However, what it is going to do is it's going to make graphics cards actually available. And it's sad that it is happening in Q2. But from what we understand, they're looking at, you know, the top end kind of RTX 3060 Ti 3070 type performance. And they will be offering them at those type of prices, except probably at more MSRP. At the very first, though, again, you know, just like with anything, we're probably going to see high prices and low availability just because it is a brand new product. But a lot of that is is I mean it's it's throwing a big chunk of product into the marketplace that you got AMD and Nvidia trying to you know fill the supply chain as much as they can and when you have this third party come in with a pretty significant amount of product it's it's going to drive prices downwards eventually I mean you know a couple of weeks after the release and so that's what everybody is hoping. And I think that that is eventually going to happen. Like I said, it's going to be two to three weeks before we see that kind of shift. But when that shift happens, it's going to be fairly significant. I mean, like, you know, you're not going to see a 6700 XT down at 449, but you probably will see one at 550 to 600, which is a whole lot better than the $900 price point it's sitting at right now. 
And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how many SKUs Intel releases, uh, the performance from low to end, you know, the top end. Uh, I, you know, I have a kind of a feeling that their low is going to be sub 6500 XT, but not by much. Um, there's some mm-hmm. rumors that that low may not be above the brand new. What is the new AMD uh, RDNA? Is it three based or two based? Uh, two. 6000 series mobile. Oh, still two. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's like enhanced. I think it's RDNA two. Yeah. version. Yeah. It's not it. the yeah. original RDNA um, two though. Yeah, it's it's enhanced and stuff just like Zen three plus is enhanced. And you know, there, there are rumors that their low end will not even meet that. But once you start getting into the mid range and Intel's top end, then you have competitive products at competitive prices and they're not going to be as popular as AMD and NVIDIA because they still have a lot to prove in terms of drivers uh, but this is a company, you know, Intel is, it's got 25 years worth of experience uh, when they bought the uh, Starfighter 3D group from uh, Lockheed way back in the day uh, that eventually produced the i740 standalone GPU with all the new AGP specifications that were brand new at the time with the uh, Intel 440LX chipset. Uh, it was, you know was exciting times. Uh, so hopefully, uh, I'm not expecting them to make a huge splash in terms of performance and stability and driver quality. Uh, however, it's going to be an option for people who really need GPUs. So I'm excited for them to actually release this in Q2. It should have been in Q2, Q1. Didn't quite happen. But, you know, they're, this is the second time in their entire uh, existence that they're actually releasing a standalone consumer graphics chip slash card. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who their partners are, if they're doing it alone. I, I don't know uh, any of that information right now. If there's going to be, you know, MSI, Asus, Gigabyte uh, based uh, Intel GPUs, or if, you know, we're going to have like the, the motherboards from Intel uh, until they kind of seed things out. I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have partners. And then what do you guys can, think? Look at this uh, clickbaity headline from tech radar. New Intel GPU is mind blowingly cheap, but it's actually, they're talking about DG one. It's a, uh, around a hundred dollars apparently, but I think DG one requires a specific chipset, right? You can't just throw it in anything. Part of the microcode for the GPU was actually downloaded from the chipset. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So only Intel B460, B365, and H310C motherboards are compatible with the GPUs. Weird. Yeah, I, I just did that. Okay, that's that's going to be strange because uh, how many of those are out there and still being used by OEMs? Those are ancient yeah. chipsets. I can't imagine there's many. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Banks, uh, hospitals. Don't, don't worry, G- DG2 will be better. DG2 won't have such restrictions. It'll work on everything. Oh, hey, speaking of Intel and graphics, not processor graphics, but they keep on bringing more and more AMD people over. 
Yeah, Josh, mm-hmm. you were just talking about how deep their uh, intelligence went, and I'm like, well, maybe they needed a little more. Maybe they needed just Roger one more. wasn't enough. Well, I mean, at one point, there was something like 23 different graphics groups inside of Intel, each working on different products, and they were each slightly different from the other. Uh, Roger was brought in to uh, kind of clean house and get things going and yeah they they keep hiring people from outside of uh their group into uh you know the company and you know it's exciting to work at intel i mean not everything is bad if you're if you're there for like less than 10 years apparently your experience is quite good it's after that point that things start getting hairy uh in terms of how they do uh, employee reviews and uh, what your competition is and, you know, how you're, you're hiking up the, the ladder. And after 20 years, you know, things are, are looking pretty grim if you don't make it into the top executive levels. But this guy is, you know, he's been around the industry for a while and he's brand new. So he's, he's got a long life at Intel. And, you know, until he turns 60, then it might be rough. Well, but yeah, he's, he's one of the head all, engineers yeah. uh, of, of the Radeon group, and uh, he has a tremendous amount of experience there. Maybe he's looking for a little bit more money, a little, you know, the, the ability to uh, really help guide a new endeavor and to apply some of his other ideas that may not have been, you know, approved or or thought highly of at AMD. And so it's, it's going to be interesting. It's, uh, you know, when, when you're thrown into a new pool, you know, sometimes you got to swim with different sharks. I don't know if that makes sense, but hmm. swim faster. Uh, okay. Do you believe some of the outrageous rumors floating around about the upcoming RTX 40 series Ada Lovelace GPUs? Here's a report at WCCF Tech that says they could feature an 850 watt <laughs> TDP. I just want this to be true. Uh-huh. It's- yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Well, you know, if you know Moore's Law and I, Moore's Law's dad went back and forth a little bit about this very thing, and I can see them releasing a 850 watt TDP GPU, but it will only be for a very specific space, namely enterprise water cooled. I mean, you've got this big GPU, massive piece of silicon. You can cool it very well, and you can pump the power into it as long as you don't care about heat and power. And that's these enterprise people who want to get every ounce of performance out of a GPU. And why not? If if you can develop and engineer a solution that will give the very, very cutting edge of performance for these guys who are willing to take on that expense... You can sell one of these GPUs for $40,000 probably because you can get really dense compute uh, in a water-cooled, controlled, high-power environment. And that's probably, you're not going to see it in a desktop. You are not going to see an 851 oh, come on. TDP GPU in not? a desktop. Look, we, it, it, we complain about this, or some people might complain about this, but... Think about this. In your home right now, if you have an over-the-range microwave, you probably have a dedicated circuit just for that. There's an outlet in the wall or a, a wire coming out of the wall somewhere for it. 
You know, that was exactly the comparison I was going to make. We're going to have to have a dedicated 20 amp circuit for your PC going forward. That's fine. (laughs) What's wrong with this? You know, 220. Nothing wrong. Nothing. A a dryer. It's it's not going to stress the PSU makers out at all. They're going to love it because they can now everybody has a reason to upgrade. This is like 3D TV. This is like a PSU company's wet dream right now. This This is like you need to run this on a 220. Yeah. Outlet. Yeah. Electricians will be out in full force. Rejoice. PC gaming, PC enthusiasts gaming will become even more niche. Yeah. Than it already has. <laughs> you got to have, have HVAC people come in to do right. ducting for your yeah. PC. Whoa, you, you, you like setting up a mining rig here? No, I'm just I'm using one desktop computer to play games. That's all. That's yeah. why I need all You'll of You'll have them. to start learning but your really NEMA good plugs. Games. Your NEMA plugs. Because that's not going to want a, a normal. No, it's not. It's not wired the same. You can't even use the same. uh, You gotta have the 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 thing, the three way that has the you know the the ones that said the Y the Y shaped ones that come out at an angle with a pin and yeah, Yeah, it's it's complicated. Like an electric dryer, like an electric dryer, Mm -hmm. or many UPSs. I don't know if if it came as an external enclosure, maybe. But yeah, Josh, I hope you're right because that also means that uh, they have produced a card that is that amazingly powerful that it's worth putting the bill to power it. You because can, you, you can raise the TD, are, you can raise the TDP of any chip pretty high. I would imagine that true? the very edge would be a thousand watts. Um, yeah, that, that would be no. tough to cool. No. That's not a locking one. That's but, a boring one. It's not, it's not in, locking. In the, it just will handle thirty amps. I mean, that's a thirty. Yeah, but amp here's one. the thing: is that that you know, say say you get uh, double the performance going from three hundred watts to six hundred watts. But what is what is your performance going to be going from six hundred to eight hundred and fifty? Probably right? maybe a tenth, if you're lucky. Going to a thousand, another um, a. a, a you know, one twentieth of of the you know performance of well the jump you know an extra one twentieth of performance. Are you saying there is diminishing returns past a certain point? There, uh, <laughs> there, there are. It's a there it's are a great definitely way to, diminishing returns. But it's, I want it's a great way to turn electricity electricity into heat. Really, that's kind of. All I mean, point. have we looked at overclocking over the past four years and really been impressed no. by? Not really. What you need we've liquid nitrogen to, to do by... anything anymore. It's not. It's not like <laughs> I mean, it used to be. You're going. I mean, it's like a 6800 XT that I took it from, uh, you know, at the wall, 380 watts, and took it up to 520 watts. Good lord! Uh, and that was just yeah. the. That was just essentially the GPU, and I got four percent improvement in performance for all of that power. But you know, I'm I'm not everybody. I'm not a multi-billion-dollar company that wants to squeeze every ounce of performance, and they don't care how much they pay for it. And that's that's going to be who's going to buy this. Every day, I see Tesla chargers in people's driveway on my way to and from my son's school. I feel like if you're going to put in a Tesla charger in your driveway, you could put something like that inside your house and plug your gaming PC into it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's the same it's kind of power delivery. <laughs> now, but, this is this is a little stretching the, the truth. I mean, well, is right, that the Hankin report, one or the 
normal charge you one. You can actually pull this, a lot of power. These are just rumors. This is people on Twitter, like Copite7Kimmy, uh, who even are admitting this is just a rumor, but they've heard 450 slash 600, maybe 800 watts for the TI up to the 90 series. Before. Mm-hmm. This is all, also just assuming there will be some mythical RTX 4090 product that at 850 watts, wouldn't that have to almost be a dual GPU? I mean, but we don't do dual, dual GPU anymore, so no. whatever. Well, we don't have, you know, they're always working on interconnects, these guys, because eventually you're going to go chiplets Yeah, because that's the most efficient way to go. Maybe you're tired of Windows 11. Maybe you're tired of Microsoft's BS, and Windows 11 isn't, <laughs> isn't for you. Well... There's a new Chrome OS. Let Google spy on everything you do instead of Microsoft for a change. Well, I mean, they what a change! Do. But if you don't have TPM 2.0, or you just don't like moving, like this is for me. I don't want to move to Windows 11, Jeremy. So tell me about my alternative here. Uh, well, I mean, you can stay on an older operating system because I don't think your system's going to be able to handle Windows 11. But M- Microsoft tells me I don't me I need know to that you'll be able to install a TPM 2.0 module into that machine you're on right now. This is a very advanced machine. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there's a sticker to the right of the flop, the three and a half inch floppy drive. It is fully Y2K compliant. This has been certified, and this this if is only it had a turbo button. It's a it's an a, a allegedly 200 megahertz equivalent processor, but I think it's only in like the 133 megahertz range. Uh, it's probably the 166, isn't it? Oh, maybe it's the 166. I would it's a PR think it would be 166. It's a 6x86 PR200, yeah. 32 megabytes of RAM. It's running Windows 3.1 and DOS 6.2, of course. I mean, you have what to do have you uh, what do you play on it? Uh, well, earlier I had uh, Doom and Doom 2. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Where where were we? Stories. Tech. Uh, So if if you wanted to, uh, and the other nice thing about this is it revives old hardware. If you've got something that's really ancient and is like maybe, say, an Apple machine that can't survive the OS updates anymore. Hey. Or just a (laughs) uh, old Windows well, a machine built to run Windows, but, you know, it never really expected to have an OS install of 100-plus gigs. Uh, This is a new Chrome OS called Flex uh, that's a watered-down Gen 2, more or less. Uh, But the thing is that it's the full-on Linux shell, so you can actually run a lot of the same full-on programs. It's not an Android machine. A couple of people have wondered, well, can I run Android apps on it? Well, no, it's it's not that. It's neither a Chromebook nor a Windows machine. It's something sort of in the middle. Uh, and, I mean, the lovely thing is that all it wants is a machine that can boot from USB, has a 64-bit processor in it, 4, gra- four gigs of RAM, and 16 gigs of storage. That's it. You can do that. Boom. Done. This will install. And, you know, it's kind of nice for a lot of old stuff where you're looking to build something that's light duty, uh, but it is fairly capable. It can do just about everything you want to from a, a full flavored install of Linux, just without sort of the uh, effort of learning how to use that operating system. Because that's the idea, is they make it something you can give to a family member who can't upgrade. And like, boom, here you go. 
run it. The uh, Aura shell looks very similar to Windows with some differences, but it's not switching from Windows to Android or Windows to Apple. So it's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, the This was a product before, um, and I can't think of uh, what it was. It was something cloud-ready, uh, but it was a little more cloud oriented, but it was one of the thing, one of the people that Google absorbed and borged out and they sort of did this, but it was a little more virtual. But again, they went from the effort of trying to install, uh, you know, Linux on a machine and dealing with everything and sort of having the learning curve to, uh, push a button. And yeah, we manage just about everything. So I don't know. It's something I'd like to try if I can uh, dig up an old laptop from somewhere and fire it up just to see how it goes. But uh, I haven't had a chance to yet. Can Maybe can I get this running? Can I get this running on my 603E PowerPC? Any chance? No, uh, no it's a 32-bit processor, isn't it? Yeah, it might be. Or yeah, maybe one of the ones that was 3264. Might have been one of the 3264s. Uh, I think it was then the E. That would be interesting to see. The E was the was 32, probably. I don't remember. Hey, we take so those into space, so you know, <laughs> why can't it run Chrome OS? They're very robust. Hey, are you frustrated by current router technology? Yes. Where most of these routers, they still have gigabit switches on the back, and some of them have like a 2.5 gigabit port somewhere on it. Is this a typo, or are we talking 25 gigabit here? This is a... Is it 2.5 or 25? Oh, this thing. This is interesting. It's a, it's a router on a card. Essentially, serve the home. Looked at this. It's from Microtik. The CCR two zero zero four dash one G dash two X S dash PCIe. It has a dual SFP twenty eight twenty five GBE router on a PCI card. You can read all about yeah. it at Serve the Home. Let me tell you something. We got a, a Microtik uh, router, a ten G router in mm-hmm. in production at my work. And if you use that thing as just a dumb switch with no layer three type functionality, that thing is a monster. It's really fast. It's really inexpensive. It runs really well, super stable. And uh, we've had no problems with it for months and months and months and uh, doing heavy IO. They've been great. And yeah, they make stuff that, Maybe not at the Cisco level, but it's definitely not at the Cisco price. So as long as you know what you're getting, what you're paying for is really, really good if you keep focused on what you want. And I don't know enough about this particular part, but I'm just saying Microtik and and overall, um, they they are kind of shockingly good at what they do at their price points. Yep, and they're uh, also Cisco compatible, although Cisco doesn't like that very much. Because this is the sort of device you usually see stuck into a, a network appliance. You know, it slides in, there's your, your two, uh, two 25 gigabit uh, connectors, maybe a one gigabit management port, which this does come with. So you can, you can make it smart. But it's, it's a unique, I've never seen this on a PCIe. Right, this is shoved into a server sometimes, but usually shoved into a network appliance. But here's the problem, Josh. It's got a quad core. Uh, the guys that Amazon bought out and a Perna, so a, a quad core ARM based CPU, four gigs of RAM, 
and 128 megs of NAND. I'm betting the ones you bought were at least double that, if not, if not more than double. Yeah, but that, it's 10 poured. No, it's just 12 poured. It's it probably would be 12 poured. I couldn't imagine yeah. it would be 10. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that even still with just those two, you've got enough bandwidth that you're still managing a lot, right? You're not just plugging two VCs <laughs> in there. So yeah. it, it does kind of limit the usability of it because uh, it's a little limited. There's only so much you can put on the firmware uh, to be able to update it. And that was one of the things Serve the Home said is that like I want to try it. I need to try this thing. It's nifty, but it's a little anemic yeah. because you could do so much more. But on the other hand, if it's about the same price, if it's about twice the same price, uh, try that again, twice the price of a small office home office router, it's so worth it. Oh my yeah. God, it's so worth it. Oh, like you will just un unbelievable the amount of control you'll have. So it, it, it it's going to be the first one. Oh, and the other thing yeah. is it boots after uh, the computer. See, so you can't actually use it uh, for yeah. A this lot is of the, this uh, is booting and stuff. This but is still, a niche product. Yeah, but it's one it's that people. You know, this is one that that people in enterprise, and and I'm talking, you know, upper small so, to lower medium sized businesses can actually afford, and will have functionality for server to server type communications at 25 gigabit in IO intensive apps. This is going to be great for them. I, I hope it's running their proprietary OS on it and that you can, you can talk to it. Like it's like, it's a separate device. Oh uh, yeah. It's got the management port. So yeah, you can come yep. into it. It'll have its own IP. Yeah. It's, it's got, uh, it's got two ways of doing it. You know, <clears throat> the, the standard Cisco, um, plug in SSH, and then they have a uh, they have a, a a visual GUI that yeah. is kind of goofy, but yeah, it works once you start figuring it out. I have one of their five gig ones. It's it's kind of a funny way of managing it, but it it works. Yeah, True NAS scale released and mm -hmm. resetting the NAS paradigm. Can somebody explain to me why this is uh, such a paradigm shift? It's the release we've been waiting for. You're not going to go into this, Brett, because I bet you use more NAS than I do. I do. I've been using Unraid for a while. And NAS than we do. I well, I didn't want. I didn't want to step on you. <laughs> Everyone gets more NAS than we do. Uh -huh. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this looked interesting simply because I've been an Unraid user for a while, and I was thinking about okay, I've used this for a while, and now what about True NAS? Maybe I should give that one a try. And then Jeremy put this article up. But this looks like it's really more for an enterprise user because it's TrueNAS scale. So it's designed to replace far more expensive systems uh, that have been out there for some period of time and at a bunch more reasonable price. So it's designed to do VMs. It's designed to do file serving. It's designed to do essentially what PFSense does. It's designed to do routing. And it's designed to be multi-user, and it's designed to be an app, uh, an app launcher as well, a remote uh, app repository and launcher. It's a uh, well versed versatile. So I thought I'd try and give this a run, but I wasn't sure about the scale one. So, Jeremy, if you know anything more about TrueNAS at scale, I'd, you know, mm. go into that. Uh, well, I mean, the probably the biggest step is that. Uh, 
They've added support uh, for virtualization via KVM and Kubernetes. That was it. And, and Linux, so they moved from... Yes. And Linux. So whereas before it was sort of a... I, I, TrueNAS wasn't necessarily niche, but it was a smaller market. Well, you had um, TrueNAS and then you had FreeNAS. Yes. And FreeNAS was... But now they, 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 they got rid of FreeNAS. They all wrapped it into TrueNAS. And yes. now it looks like that they're offering... I didn't realize they went from uh, FreeBSD to a Linux kernel. Well, that, that's a recent change, but they, they essentially commercialized the free NAS concept into this, into this true NAS as a commercial mm. option. Yeah, it's still, it's still, there's still a free version, but yeah, it's not going to have these bells and whistles. No. No, this is for when you will need to scale up, obviously. Uh, although, while you're still using NAS at this point, I just... Anyways, that's a different topic. So it, it's interesting to see uh, if, if it's how well it's going to scale up, because I think that they're picturing it as a limited scale up, but uh, they're definitely going to get uh, some interesting customers out of this. I'm being attacked by a cat right now, so it's kind of hard to keep <laughs> talking directly. Uh, <laughs> they they did reacting. compare it. They did compare it to several other well-known other systems that cost a lot more money. So I, I think that you know, there's going to be a market for this sort of thing in the small to mid-sized mid-size businesses. Yeah. Because, I mean, if it does well, VMware should be scared because that VMware has not gotten anything new lately. Yeah, it's, it's shinier, but it's still the same crap. Not that I've had to deal and with VMware problems recently or anything. And the Linux KVM is uh, well proven. It's very robust. It's used at at scale across a lot of of different yeah. providers. Uh, so this is definitely a a threat at a certain business size uh, you know, to VMware. Mm -hmm. And our, our readers actually have a good uh, point. It looks it's looking like the System D of NAS software, which yeah. Oh. They, they well, better hope it is, because that would be amazing. I, I guess. I mean, I was more of an init person, but I suppose, you know, yeah. System D sort of won. I've System heard D of won. init. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to tell us briefly, as we continue our coverage of Serve the Home, uh, STH, uh, a Lenovo Think Center M75Q. It's a mm. Gen 2 35-watt AMD Ryzen 5000 powered uh would you call this a thin client no no i would not that this is actually designed to be a workstation bizarrely enough and at about 35 watts or so so uh the serve the home didn't pick up the vanilla one uh, the one they picked up uh, had a Ryzen 5 Pro 56500 or 5650G in it because, well, you literally can't find Ryzen 7 Pros right now. Uh, 8 gigs of memory and 256 gig uh, SSD. They they threw this all in there, uh, and it's it's not the most powerful workstation you're gonna, ever going to run into, but it doesn't actually need power. 
Okay, I'm exaggerating. It only needs a little tiny bit of power, but compared to a, any other sort of workstation, it just sips power. They've did a few tests on it. Uh, it's it's brilliantly built. It's tiny. Uh, it's like seven inches by seven inches by one and a half inches. Just to try and give you an idea, it's like you you may own a uh, paper or a hardcover book that's bigger than the stamp thing is. And has a, a, a lovely amount of uh, connections on the back. Uh, they didn't get the... There is a way that you can slip in on top of that an extra uh, for our audio listeners. There's uh, d to display port, HDMI, uh, USB Type-A, two USB 3.2 Gen 1s, a gigabyte NIC, and Wi-Fi antenna. But there's a little space where you can add in uh, a serial console port, HDMI, or another display port. There is something bad about it, because I did mention it was Lenovo. Uh, they've incorporated something which they call AMD Platform Secure Boot. Now, it sounds lovely, uh, but what this does is it says that this is the processor that this system was designed for. This is the processor that shall be used. So even though it is upgradable, you could actually pop out another, uh, pop in another AMD processor. You won't be able to boot. Unfortunately, you're going to have to actually buy whatever model it is of uh, Think Center you want with whatever processor you want. As far as uh, upgrading the RAM, upgrading the the SSDs, absolutely no problem. But the processor itself. Yeah, not so much. Uh, in fact, they even said, you know, screw it. This thing's too anemic. We're going to throw in 16 gigs of RAM and a Sabret Rocket Q one terabyte drive. No problems. Uh, a little bit of secure boot problems, but well, we all have problems with secure boot. So it's just amazing to think that this sort of thing can do a lot of work and is just sipping power. The processor itself is 35 watts. The rest of it is... Not very much on top of that. And it does some decent benchmarking. It costs a little bit more than the Intel version, but then again, it uses a little bit less power. And Nux, Nux have changed. That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like a rising yeah. version of it. <sighs> and unfortunately locked. Yeah, that's not good. It's a socketed process. I would understand, obviously, if it was soldered to the board, but no, it's a socket. And it's monologue. Yeah, no, it's it. a socket. Until there's some no, work around. Yeah, but it's IBM. They put a lot of work into being. Oh, okay. Difficult. Hey, any everything can be hacked. It's just it's just it's a matter of time. Some exciting Windows news for all of you Microsoft fans. Uh, Windows 11 Pro, and this is and if you're a Microsoft fan, you're probably on board with this already because you your entire life is wrapped up in a Microsoft account. Mm. So you will need that account to set up future versions of Windows 11 Pro. Good luck with the offline version of the setup, I guess. I mean, if you manually unplug your Ethernet cable, you're still going to have to create a account? What if you never uh, go online? pretty much gotten rid of that, yeah. yeah. That's lovely. Although I really want to sort of test that by installing Windows 11 on the machine, doing a full wipe on it, installing it again, and seeing if I can somehow successfully log in with my Windows account and password. Ah. So here, that will be a thing. 
let's move to our gaming quick hits. And we're going to talk about Total War War... I find Total War Warhammer 3. And all these losers that couldn't get a modern GPU. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed or, the I war. Mean, I, I, I wrote it. feel very sorry for people. Uh, no, my 6800 uh, XT is just fine with this thing. But apparently a lot of people are having a very, very bad time. Hmm. Uh, it won't launch. It'll launch, but decide it didn't like to launch and crash. It'll launch and decide that no matter what you picked, it's going to be 1080p. You can change the settings all you like. It's it's still just going to do that. Or if you actually get into the game, it's going to be lagging at about three or four frames a second for no good reason whatsoever. And so Creative Assembly is going to do the shotgun approach. They're going to be spitting out a bunch of small little hotfixes to try and address a bunch of different issues, <laughs> which never causes any problems whatsoever. But on the other hand, do you really want to wait a month and then get a full 80 gig patch that might or might not solve what you did? Well, you'd have better luck waiting a month for that than waiting a month to try to find a GPU at any kind of a reasonable price. So, Or waiting for Cyberpunk 27, 2077 <laughs> to get patched. It did again. It has that better just shadows now. Again, again. Yes. It's yes, they upgraded. 1.5. They upgraded the version of DLSS and added FSR. Yeah. It just continues yeah. to get better and better. It's the gift of no, getting. I'm not a big fan of the Souls tile, but uh, apparently Elden Ring has uh, decided to just like totally go off the rails and has had a perfect release with almost no one having any issues. Whoa. Which is just, I mean. Totally and completely Whoa. shocking. Yeah, so if you can get Warhammer to run, uh, it's actually hefty. It's significantly hit, it's harder than the the previous two. Uh, like a 1080 Ti was barely playing 660 frames a second at 1080. This is what we want. Well, normally, I yeah. always looked forward to games <laughs> that would push the limits of hardware. And yeah, make... but you look forward to being able to buy a graphics card too, well, didn't you? Yeah, but. I mean, the 1080 Ti yeah. has been a fantastic option all, you know, for the last yeah. several years now. When did that come out? What? 2017? Sounds about right. Something like that. So, anyway. Yeah. So, if you're running yeah, a modern have. one, yeah, it can handle yes. it. But uh, otherwise, not so much. Here's some good news. Uh, one of the <laughs> annoying million launchers is going to shut down. Bethesda's launcher is shutting down and they're just going to use Steam. So, that's nice. One fewer thing to have running if you play one of their games. Annoying. Yeah, so I've got the Bethesda, Minecraft, Battle.net, Epic Games, Steam, um, Game Center for World of Warships, Tanks, Amazon Games, Ubisoft, GOG, Galaxy, Origin. Yep. Wow. Yeah. But aren't we glad that we got rid of brick and mortar stores? We actually had to go to one location that had everything you wanted and you own it and walk out. Do you know how much I miss physical media? Uh, so much, Josh. I it's 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 convenient for us. It's inconvenient for companies. Yeah, because you never know how, how much to print to and create and send to different areas. And you have some areas that are in shortage and others that they're mm-hmm. overstocked. And yeah, it's the problem with brick and mortar and, and and physical media is that it's inefficient. 
But, but do you not remember? It's not inefficient for the consumer, damn it. Because I've got discs on hand and I can just reload it and run it. You had to ship you had to ship working software. You didn't bear, dare patch it in the field after you'd shipped it. So uh, that sort of yeah. forced them to have more working software. Well, oh, you and your kids with your internet patches. <laughs> you didn't have to mail order a patch from your game Ooh. publisher. Did you really have to mail order a patch? A game breaking PSR game. Uh, I've only had one. It was the Dragon Lance one. Hmm. Mine was yeah. a motorcycle uh, racing sim way back in the day that uh, they shipped out these discs that would only run on certain systems. And then oh, if wow. you tried to do it on others, it just it wouldn't read it. And so you had to write them. You had to send your disc in, and they would send you a replacement that actually worked. Yeah. And that usually took about a month and a half. Please allow five to eight weeks for delivery. Yeah. We used to live like that. Like we used to. Do you, do you not remember the, the kiosks, though? Where you could go and you could, uh, and this was specifically for songs, but you could go and you could ask to, I want this newest uh, release from a, a performer, and it would like literally sit there and burn you a disc and spit it out. Hmm. Oh, I didn't, never saw one of those, no. Oh, yeah. No, they were a thing uh, in Toronto for a little bit. Was this before <laughs> Napster or was this the music industry's uh, solution? <laughs> well, here's an easy way to get music, I think, no, too. I think they were mad at Blockbuster. And, oh, okay. uh, no, it wasn't Napster. It was it was probably LimeWire. Tower Records? Well, everyone's mad at Tower Records. So that's fine. No, no, well, they don't exist anymore, so nobody's ran mad these at kiosks. I've never heard of this. Yeah. And I yep, basically live in Canada. Is. I mean, we're in Canada Junior here in Michigan. You wish you were. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a fantasy. Uh, Guru of 3D reports on a Synology vulnerability. Now, Synology NASes are very popular and in wide use, including in my home. This is disturbing to read for the first time. What are the affected products? Uh, DSM 7.0 and DSM 6.2. Okay, that one. Uh, it's like... It's like all the products, but those oh, are that's the software version. Oh, that's the software version. Gotcha. Yeah. Shows how much I know. <laughs> so it's everything. <laughs> all right. Well, it's that time. It's time for a review. And Brett posted a review of the chair he's sitting in right now. Please. Not the comfy chair. Take it away. This is the it's a comfy chair. The- it's reasonably comfy. Yeah. Uh, CE Win Racing Champion Series chair um, came, of course, in a box uh, directly from China. Very well packed. I made mention in the review. Surprisingly, I've assembled probably three of these, these racing seat style chairs. And this is um, probably the best one. Actually, it is definitely the best one from a uh, pack assembly quality of components. Putting it together... The finish on everything, the quality of materials, not bad. Very nice. Um, very reasonable. The casters and everything, the tilt and uh, the arm the arm uh, rest mechanisms have uh, 4D um, alterations to them. They'll slide forwards and backwards and in and out and tilt, um, turn a little bit, and of course, go up and down. 
it is a surprisingly good chair for this style. I'm personally used to sitting in actually far more expensive chairs. And um, I got tired of sitting in cheap chairs. Hurt, hurt my back, hurt my neck. It's just not worth it anymore. So I've spent a fair amount of time over the past three weeks or so, a month, uh, doing streams on the podcast and gaming for many hours. And this has not resulted in me having a sore neck, sore back, a little sweaty because it doesn't breathe quite as well as cloth. It is a little bit leather-like. And I tried to take some pictures of that. It, it's not very perforated. It, it is reasonably leather-like in its, uh, in its material, but it's comfortable to sit in and it's not narrow. Nice straps. And it's got some so that you don't fall out in case, you know, you uh, fall asleep. You can strap yourself in. No, not really. You can't strap yourself in. I suppose you could if you really wanted to, but no, it's not what they're for. Anyway, they even came with some really cute white gloves so that you uh, don't hurt hurt your hands and uh, don't smudge anything on the way in. That was a little bit of a surprise. I was like, why do they include these white gloves? But I took some pictures wearing them. Uh yeah. That's not it's weird not a bad at all. Chair. Look, there's nothing it weird was, at all about wearing white gloves. There's a couple of pictures your in the gaming chair. It's like it's like this ritualistic experience. Like yes. put on the soft cotton gloves and they slowly yes. turn the Allen mm. hand. You know that actually illustrates. Yes, screws. I know, aren't Bolts. they sweet? The X. thing of it was is they didn't even throw them all in a bag. They actually had them preset where they were supposed to go, and that's a step I never really seen on a chair like this so okay i appreciate their attention to detail and in, in yes. areas they were trying to be consumer friendly in the way that they what's the uh, what's the price this of this chair it varies it's about uh, right now it's about 370 but uh i think there's a there's a discount there's a link in uh in here that will give you like a, a small discount i think yeah it's about 370 right now okay hmm. biggest my biggest question i'm sure most mm-hmm. listeners does it make you a better gamer this is a gaming no. chair. No, oh. I'm still fairly terrible at most most games. Mm. But, uh, you know, I keep trying. I think it's a skill gap. Um, yeah, it's probably going to remain that way. I I feel slightly cooler sitting in it, although it is slightly warmer after sitting in it for a long time. It's right. kind of a weird dichotomy. Yeah. I wonder mm. how it'll be in the summer. Will you be swimming in it? I'm going to leave the AC on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair. That's yeah. it. We need to start solving uh, fans in the bottom of chairs. It is uh, designed to support up to a uh, 400 pound girthiness. So uh, you could bring that, you could bring several hot dogs of the size that Josh was eating with you and have them in the chair. Mm. And that would be fine. The chair, I don't know if, the chair okay, would. I don't know if we're talking about the same abuse. thing. I don't know if it's rated for that kind of activity, Brett. Mm. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Posting um, multiple I have, hot dogs. No. Okay. I have not eaten, but I gave it the, uh, of the number of chairs of this type that I have assembled, put together and sat in and not quite enjoyed as much as this one. That's why I gave it the gold award. It is the nicest one of the style that I have used. Excellent. Assembled and sat in and whatever. It's not a bad chair. You guys should check it out if you're looking for one like this or somebody should. Somebody check it out. I've, you know, I I bought one of those noble chairs. Well, the one I'm sitting in right now, probably four or five years ago. And uh, it's from Germany. <clears throat> it's held up amazingly well. I mean, the elastic straps on the uh, the headband and the the you know as elastic straps do, they stretch and degrade. Yes, yes. But uh, the the leather, well, the pleather of that is you know, and and then the um, 
and the foam that they use, uh, it, it was really super high quality. I'm not trying to over, you know, write your review of, <laughs> no, of no. this higher end chair, but yeah, um, sometimes paying more gets you a better experience. In this case, I, I, I I've been great. That and Secret Lab apparently is very good at. Uh, but Secret Lab, they are. They're very good. But those are, I think, thousand dollar chairs. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right around. Uh, they're less like than that. that. They're 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 more like noble chairs, and they're three hundred to four hundred to five hundred, depending on the. Model. Oh, I thought they were quite a bit more expensive because I had somebody, yeah. you know, throw out me like, "Oh, you can go buy a chair, but you can't spend a thousand dollars on a on a Secret Labs chair." But anyway, mm. I mean, they may have a model that's up there, but mm. uh, the majority of their pricing is is less most of my time i actually spend in steelcase leap v2s which are very good chairs mm-hmm. they're about twelve twelve hundred dollars a chair i bought a Haunt ignition 2.0 on sale for about 400 and love it i use garbage from ikea that cost me about forty dollars uh let's move you know, on to picks that's why you didn't you didn't grow, by the way. That's the, the reason. No, there's for a variety of reasons. Josh. Me. What is this? I, I chose this because, okay. one, it it came in an interesting color, and it had both the, the, the tall and the short uh, PCI backplates. Ah, yes. And uh, it's an inexpensive and looks like high quality 2.5 gigabit Ethernet. And I have no idea where Nick Giga came as a name. Well, it's because it's uh, Nick Giga. It's a Nick, but it's not Giga because it's 2.5. 2.5 Giga. Yeah, $29. Uh, It's it's high. It's, you know, it's pretty good quality. Uh, You know what? 2.5 2.5 gig switches are now going down in price. If you have a use for it in your house, as you're transferring a lot of files, folders, media stuff, a lot of traffic, you've got a gigabit plus Ethernet, uh, not a gigabit uh, plus uh, internet connection. You may be actually able to use this. That was a loud ding. Wasn't me for a change, but yeah, for thirty bucks. I mean, we we've got high speed uh, networking that is now much more affordable than it ever has been. So it's um, apparently a little bit more uh, reliable than those inexpensive ten G cards, which would get pretty hot, even though they were inexpensive. So yeah, it's a interesting and good option for those who want more than one gigabit of uh, Ethernet throughout your house. And you don't have a newer board that already has it built in. So this would be correct, nice which I don't. Yeah, that's good, Jeremy. What is oh, your or or one other thing? If you wanted to or, start running something like PFSense, or, or so you could do you could do switching on a older PC. Mm. Okay, grab throw another uh, two point five on yes. there. That's mm-hmm. true. Jeremy. Well, and you can buy that uh, PCIe card we were talking about earlier. 
That's true, but this is probably less expensive. Probably, yeah, including I think $29 the, yeah, is a bit Yeah, probably cheaper. a wee bit less expensive. Yeah, it'll be a little bit more and affordable. I don't know if you noticed, but there was an Amazon 5% checkbox discount yeah. on that, on that oh, advertisement. Well, that as almost well. covers mm-hmm. sales tax. Well, Maybe. that could almost yeah. save hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Depending mm-hmm. on how many you buy. Your pick, Jeremy? Something. Oh, yeah. So you, you want to play a demo? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a thing I ran into called uh, a Pris. A-P-R-I-S-S, which is, uh, or Abris, which is, uh, I spelled it wrong. Oops, sorry. Abris. It's a early risk game on Steam, uh, independently developed. Uh, can't even remember where I ran into it. But it's a, a physics game where you're trying to blow stuff up and destroy stuff. There's a, a free demo right now. Uh, the first couple of levels are, you know, okay, stack stuff up, make it fall on things, but then they give you a, a rocket and you have to sort of figure out how to propel your stuff into destroying other things. Uh, there's bombs. It, it eventually gets rather interesting. It's, the demo is limited right now, but it's actually a hell of a lot of fun and it costs you absolutely nothing and uh, cranks his, this guy's numbers up on Steam. So, yeah, it was a little bit of fun. I've uh, enjoyed some of the other games that are similar to this, where you just, you know, you have to destroy this. And I'm no, I'm not talking about the pig and bird game on the phone. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking more of that medieval one with the medieval weaponry where you'd yeah, have I'm trying the, to remember the, you know, the guys come running at you and you have killing machines that take them out or... I can't remember the name of that uh, yeah. that game from about five years ago. Well, there was ago. An, another one that looked like Mechanics. And you built the g- giant machine together with what looked like Mechano and just destroyed stuff. Anyway, it, it seems funny. Uh, the, the rocket level is especially fun because uh, it is a physics demo. So if you don't balance the uh, pillar that you're firing off, it's, it's, it's going to do interesting things. I managed to get mine to loop around a strange little pole that was on the map that I don't think you're supposed to be able to do, but well, that's how I do it. Yeah. Besiege. Besiege was that Besiege, uh, first game yes. a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. So if you just like silly destruction, it's fun. And I don't think it's, since it's a, an indie game, I don't think it's going to cost that much once it comes out. So hey, give it a shot. It's a free demo. Brett, you know, you know, there are a couple things that I, I I actually probably enjoy more than Apple stuff, and that's and that's Micro Center. And lately, it's talking about LG televisions. So I thought I would combine those two things into a Micro Center ad for LG televisions. Now, the LG television that I've been pining away for is the fifty-five inch four K OLED C one TV. Typically. Those are priced at about thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars. These are factory refurb units available at your local micro center for nine hundred dollars, complete with warranty. I was talking about them last week on Woot, available for more than this, more than micro center, available from Woot. That was the best deal I had found. They're getting to the point of where I'm going to be unable to refuse to just buy one now. So I'm going to have to drive over and probably get one at this point. So if you have a micro center. And you're thinking about a 55-inch 4K television. I think you might be well served if you could locate a $900 version of this at your local micro center. 
Kent is telling me to just hold off for QD, LED, or OLED. I don't know. I think this seems to be good enough for me. I don't know. OLED is already a very, very solid technology. It's like everything that mm-hmm. Plasma could have been. It's emissive. Oh. It has the infinite blacks. It has Don't the bring potential up plasma for, around Josh. It has the potential for burn in. It has it's everything you loved about plasma. <laughs> that's the that's hey, sound of plasma at my altitude. No. I'm I'm still successfully watching a forty inch plasma every now and then. It still works good. Doesn't make any weird noises. I didn't get yeah, but any, you're like fifteen hundred feet. So, oh, is it the altitude? Is it seriously the altitude? Yes, that did it? over sixty five hundred feet. Uh, the the first couple of generations of plasma would all hum. Mm. <clears throat> so you'd be watching TV, and that yeah. that would be in the background all the time. That's terrible. You, you literally found a, a high altitude plasma at one point, didn't you? You didn't buy it. You just found that there was. I a did model. not, but they, they did create one. This has and been Josh. the PC Perspective Outcast. Patro. <laughs> Ingrown toenail. Thanks for joining us. Join our Patreon. Allow us to go to vacations in the Danube. Good night. <laughs>